morning, Nashville. I'm Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, September 29th. Let's begin today with the Titans' offensive line. Injured superstar left tackle and our dad, Taylor Lewan, only played 18 snaps before leaving with an apparent shoulder injury on Sunday against the Vikings, and backup Ty Sambrello played the other 57 snaps. On Monday, Mike Vrabel had a lot to say about the status of his left tackle and the play of his backup. Uh, not much to offer on Taylor, but um, I would say that Ty, other than uh, you know a few plays uh, in there, did, did a really nice job. Was was proud of the way that he stepped in there and, and played, which is, which is not easy. Vrabel is right, obviously. It's not easy, and that Sam Brelo handled himself very well. Without Lawan, the offensive line did a more than adequate job on Sunday, moving the football up and down the field largely at will and protecting Ryan Tannehill. The Titans were not afraid to run behind Sambrello on Sunday, so the former second-round pick held his own. But he's probably not the long-term solution should Lawan miss any serious amount of time, or at least maybe he shouldn't be. Which brings us to the guy who should be a part of the solution. It would be nice that when a team drafts an offensive lineman in the first round and then loses its left tackle to an injury in the third week of the year, that said first-round pick would be an option to help fill the void, even if for just a short period of time. But rookie tackle Isaiah Wilson is not a part of the equation currently for a number of reasons, multiple trips to the COVID-19 list, as well as a well-documented DUI. However, on Monday, Vrabel alluded to the fact that this could be changing and that Wilson may be able to practice with the team this week. Would, would really like to, um, to to see Isaiah and, and, and be able to continue to work with him and, and get him to improve and evaluate him. So hopefully that, that'll happen. I'll have some more, I think, maybe as the week goes on. It's just a little early here. You know, hopefully those are two good candidates to try to get back to practice. So you're saying there's a chance. The Titans' first-round pick could be back this week and begin showing his teammates, coaching staff, and fans that there was a clear reason he was so highly touted coming out of Georgia. Fingers crossed that the young fella is focused and ready to work. The other guy Vrabel is referring to is Adoree Jackson. As usual, he's mum on timetables, but does seem optimistic that the speedy corner could return to practice this week as well. And not a moment too soon either, as the Titans' defense desperately needs his veteran leadership on the back end as they get ready to face Ben Roethlisberger this weekend. Another interesting Titans COVID-related news was the whereabouts of outside linebackers coach Shane Bowen on Sunday. Bowen, who is responsible for calling the plays on defense, did not travel with the team due to the NFL's COVID-19 testing protocols. Mike Vrabel said at his Monday press conference that the team found out Saturday morning and that, quote, he's not currently with us as it stands today because of the COVID protocol that we have to follow. As for when he comes back, we're not into timetables or returns to play or coach, end quote. Vrabel pointed out two ripple effects of Bowen not being with the team on Sunday in Minneapolis. One, that the special teams coach, Craig Ackerman, had a larger responsibility on game day. And number two, that defensive assistant Matt Edwards has stepped into a larger role with the outside linebackers. It's just another bizarre headline, an aspect to football in 2020 that none of us ever expected having to analyze. How did not having your play caller due to a pandemic affect the defense on Sunday, coach? Obviously, Vrabel has experience as a former defensive coordinator, and he has another former NFL head coach and defensive coordinator on his staff in Jim Hazlitt, so it's not like Bowen's absence should be directly responsible for the Titans giving up 464 yards and 7.5 yards per play. But at the same time, you cannot take the play caller away from a football team the day before a game and expect there to be no impact at all. Just add it to the list of things we're watching play out this week, and this podcast isn't long enough 
to try to explain all the NFL's testing and tracing protocols that will dictate when Bowen is allowed back with the team. But it is possible that it's not until after the Steelers game on Sunday. One of the most important things I learned from the SEC's first week of action, outside of the fact that chaos will reign supreme this year even more than than usual, is that we've got a lot of losing left ahead of us in the SEC, and I think everyone needs to be prepared for it. I've basically added a loss to every team in America, but especially in the SEC. And I was thinking about this for both Tennessee and Kentucky in particular. Every single missed opportunity, like the one Kentucky had this weekend against Auburn, and the one Tennessee didn't miss against South Carolina is magnified tenfold by the 2020 pandemic lens. Any win is a good win because no one can afford any slip-ups. I honestly would be shocked if the SEC champion is unbeaten this year, and maybe we even get a two loss team playing in the playoff for the first time. Getting to six and four this year is going to be extremely difficult for almost everyone, not named Alabama, Florida, maybe Georgia. And seven and three would be an exceptional year for basically everyone. Hell, eight and two might win you a division and put you into playoff conversations. So for teams like Tennessee and Kentucky, teams that are pretty solid, have a lot of reason for optimism, have a veteran established quarterback to help navigate this nonsense, Saturday was a perfect example of how razor thin the margins really are. One bad call on the goal line for Kentucky. And then one critical mistake, a play later, and boom, you're 0-1, staring at three ranked opponents in your next four games. And that doesn't even include Kentucky's games with Alabama and Florida later in the year. Look at South Carolina. You give up two big throws to Tennessee in the fourth quarter and let a punt bounce off a leg, one of the most basic mistakes you could ever make in a game. And you're 0-1 despite playing a pretty decent game. You miss an opportunity, you're staring at 1-5 in Columbia. There are no moral victories for $4 million coaches in the country's best league. you got to finish. And the Vols danced on that tightrope on Saturday night and finished. Momentum was maintained. Auburn figured out a way to finish. Even Texas A&M finished. It wasn't pretty, but they did. A win is a win. And in 2020, that's all that matters. You cannot miss opportunities in college football this year. You just can't. For in-depth coverage of all 14 teams in the SEC, please subscribe to The Fringe Element, a 440 sports production. Rate and review it as well. Yours truly and Aaron Dugan every single week talking nothing but SEC football. Tampa Bay beat Dallas 2-0 in Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Finals on Monday night. This means that the Lightning won the Stanley Cup, and Corey Perry did not. I'm Braden Gall, and this has been the 440 for Tuesday, September 29th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media LLC, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.